Welcome to tonight's edition of Bible News Radio. Hey, I'm glad you're out there. Yeah, I am, because, well, you're out there. <laughs> you're out there, I'm here. But if I could, I would reach through the camera and give you all a hug. Yeah, I would. Well, not maybe not all of you, but a couple of you I would. Anyway, hey, I want to welcome you to tonight's show. Tonight what we're going to do is we're going to look at some headlines of the day, actually the week. Um, there has been a lot going on this week, and by the way, I want to let you know, in case you can't hear me, you gotta let me know if you can't hear me good, okay? Right now, I can tell you, as we speak, the Yankees are winning their game, and the Cubs are losing <laughs> their game. The Cubs are losing to the Cardinals, 1-0 right now, and I think... The Yankees are playing Houston, I think. I don't remember. I can't remember. But, yeah, they are. The, the Yankees are, are up one by one here, uh, both in the third inning. So maybe by the end of the game, end of the hour, I'll give you an update if I remember. What we're going to do, though, this hour is we're going to talk about some interesting headlines, including an article I happen to see in Popular Mechanics. Now you might be asking, why do you read Popular Mechanics? Well, because this is one of the magazines I got my dad because when I actually subscribed to it, I thought it was about cars. Uh, apparently, Popular Mechanics is not about cars. <laughs> and I have to tell you, out of all my dad's magazines that I got, um, this one I think I'm going to resubscribe to because all the other ones are out. But this one, this particular edition, it's titled... Uh, uh, the Race to Own the Sky, How the Air Force's Secret New Fighter Jet Will Win. And then there's How to Clone a Woolly Mammoth, Solving the Mystery of Amelia Earhart with a Nuclear Reactor, Safety Tips for Entering a Black Hole, because every day we all do that, right? <laughs> I woke up this morning and I thought, huh, I wonder if I could find a black hole. Wait a minute. I wonder if there's any specific instructions about me getting into the black hole. I know. I'll read Popular Mechanics and find out. <laughs> Actually, in all seriousness, though, I am. Um, it's so funny. I am. Um, I was like flipping through here and then I saw this. I could not believe it when I saw this. I was like, what? Look at this. It says, can science cure death? It sure looks like it. Now look at that. Okay. See that? We can't hear you with the magazine in front of your microphone. Just okay. So you know. Well, hopefully you can see that. But look at the picture. Okay. Look at the picture. Okay. So there you go. So this is midway through the magazine. And, you know, of course, one of the things that I learned from my radio mentor, Janet Parcel, many years ago, was whenever you want to address topics of interest to the culture, always look at the front of a magazine and see what the heck they're talking about, right? So you can go to Newsweek, U.S. News and World Report, Time, the Enquirer, Star, whatever, or Popular Mechanics. And you can look at what is drawing interest from the world. Like, like what is it the world is talking about, right? And I'm I am so intrigued myself when I when I see things like this. Can science cure death? And then in little print, it says it sure looks like it. 
can science so of course i read this you know because i thought all right let's find out what this magazine has to say so i will tell you what it says in a little bit but um i do want to let you know i have to scratch my back right now sorry about that my bad and i want to open up with just a word here of um just just a couple of words first of all want to thank you all for tuning in last night. We had a wonderful interview with Pastor Kim Kufus, uh, who uh, is a pastor down there in the Minnesota area. Uh, he is preaching sermons on Psalm 119. And I'm just going to tell you, and I mean this from the, the very bottom of my heart, if you, didn't, if you didn't listen to that show, go back and listen to it. And even more importantly, um, open up your Bible and read psalm 119 psalm 119 is it's an amazing part of god's word and and you know the more you get into it the more it unfolds to you i mean it's it's literally like a piece of paper you can unfold it and it just keeps opening up and opening up and poof all this beautiful stuff pops out. It's like one of those cards you buy on Mother's Day. It has all those things in it. You open it up and it poofs. There's a tree or whatever inside of it. The The psalm is amazing. And it's not, and it's not just that psalm. It's like the whole word. The whole word of God. You know, um, if you're new to the show, let me just tell you something. The, the, the name of this show is Bible News Radio. Right. It took me many years to come up with that name. Um, in fact, I was amazed when I when Randall and I finally came on that name. It took probably, I don't know, like 12 years or something <laughs> to come up with the name. But when we finally came up with the name, the reason we chose Bible News Radio as our radio name is because here we talk about the Bible first. And then we talk about the news. And my goal is to look at news items through a biblical worldview, which means, hey, the Bible says this. This is what the world's saying. How should a Christian engage it? How, how should we engage this? What are we to believe in light of what God's word says? So tonight we actually have a couple of stories we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about Trump suing Facebook and Twitter big tech. There was an article over on cnsnews.com talking about a statue. Somebody draped a um, big sign that said, God bless abortions. And it happened to be on a statue of Jesus, a depiction of Jesus. Um, and then also we're going to look at an article about Canada and what we can learn from Canada about where America is headed, right? Because Canada is a little bit ahead of us when it comes to uh, issues of um, persecution and, and religious freedom issues. So we're going to look at some of that. Um, but I also want to let you guys know a couple of things. I want to let you know, uh, my nose itches now. <laughs> I'm itchy today, okay? Um, I want to let you know that um, Randall and I have a couple of needs we want to put before you and ask you to pray about and possibly help us with. Uh, number one, we need a new mixer for our studio. The current one that we have is 15 years old and it's on its last leg. Uh, we're trying to raise another $450 towards that. So if you're somebody who listens to our show, you watch our show, but you're not somebody who really engages with us or supports us in any way, now is the time 
uh, I would like to ask you to consider helping us out. That would help us out because, um, you know, we're, we're at a, we're at a cross point. We're at a cross point here financially. Um, so we are a nonprofit. You can donate through our website uh, over at BibleNewsRadio.com. Just click on the Give tab, and there, right there on that page, you click, scroll down a little bit. If you click through the PayPal, you can pay with a credit card or PayPal. Um, and there is an address there as well. You can mail a check to if you want to do that as well. Just make sure that you dedicate, you designate. This is to help with the mixer. That way we know where to put those funds when we're purchasing it for, uh, for the ministry. Okay, so we need that. Also, I'd like you to consider becoming a monthly partner with us. That would also help us as we get ready to expand uh, what we're doing. In a couple of weeks, hopefully, we'll have our new website up. Uh, you're going to see four distinct areas of ministry that we're involved in here. That would include Bible News Radio, Bible Reading Accountability, Bible Study, and Biblical Counseling. So we have those four areas that we're actively involved in. It isn't just here, right? Um, so I want to encourage you there, and I want to thank you. Those of you out there who engage with us in the various areas that I just mentioned, thanks. Thank you so much. You know, um, I have been um, so blessed. And what I'm going to tell you is that God has been moving various parts kind of in, in you know, direction here with, uh, with us. And I am more than humored on some level but also super excited about what God is doing. And, um, and I can tell you, God is doing stuff. It's, it's super, super cool. So watch the ticker here down at the bottom of the screen. If you're not on my text message list, feel free to text us. Join my Bible News Radio text message list. I send out texts about um, when the show is on. We have a Daily Disciples Facebook group where we have a team of wonderful disciples that read the Bible every single day of the week in there. We, we're, we are now on our 22nd book that we're reading together as, as follow, followers of Jesus. So it, it is a cool thing. We're doing two Bible studies. I'm, I'm leading a Bible study in Psalm 119. I'm also uh, teaching one in Revelation as well. So, you know, we have a lot of things <laughs> doing that, doing the show, doing the studies, doing the Bible reading accountability groups in the morning as well as some um, uh, biblical counseling with a couple of you out there. Um, and so, you know, we got a lot going on uh, and we could use your help. So pray for us and donate as God leads, okay? Now, here's the other thing I got to tell you. Uh, and that is, I really want to encourage you to um, look at what you're looking at. You're like, wow, that's deep and profound. <laughs> now, here's what I mean by that. So earlier this week, as I was um, praying about what to talk about here, you know, usually my first 20 minutes of the show is kind of like an opening, um, you know, kind of devotion moment, I guess, if you will. And, you know, as I was reading through uh, the word, this week, uh, the topic of coveting came up in my reading. Um, and I started thinking about it um, because in Psalm 119, um, 
in in the Gimel stanza, it talks about how, you know, the, the psalmist prays, open my eyes that I may see wonderful things from your law. And that got me thinking about what is it that we see, right? What is it that we look at? What are we looking for, right? And maybe it's because I'm getting older and I'm, and there's a lot of people I know who have experienced loss and death uh, lately, but um, the older you get, hopefully, the more mature you'll get, right? Hopefully. <laughs> I don't know. I know some older people who are kind of knuckleheadish, you know, but when it comes to life and death issues, hopefully the older that you get, the more you realize the things of this earth grow strangely dim when you're looking toward heaven, right? And you're looking toward being reunited with um, people you've lost and people you love. And that made me think about what is it that you're looking at and why is it that we covet the things that we can never get, really. Those things never, like material things never bring you satisfaction. They just don't. I mean, you can get all the wealth that you want. You can buy new clothes. You can get, you know, a house. You can buy a new car. But in the end, it's a fleshly desire that doesn't satisfy. So the psalmist, you know, when he's praying, open my eyes that I may see wonderful things from your law. He's longing for something eternal. You know, the things of this earth, yeah, we need the stuff, but it doesn't bring eternal satisfaction in the end. And so I really want to encourage you just to consider that. But I also want to remind you, if you're somebody who doesn't engage in relationships with people, and you're somebody who kind of, you know, hides behind a screen, you don't actively get engaged in the lives of other people, um, or you make your whole life about you, um, I would, I would lovingly kind of nudge you and say, you know what, consider eternity and consider where people are going because people are dying today. You know, people are being buried every day. People come and go like that. Your life is just a vapor. And this is just kind of a blip when you consider where we're all going, heaven or hell, right? Those are the only two options, heaven or hell. You know, and if you're in a personal relationship with Jesus, you're on your way to heaven because you know he paid your debt and, and you've accepted what he did for you. But if you don't know Christ, if you're not in that relationship with him, um, then you're still lost in your sin and you're on your way to hell. Those are fighting words I get, right? But I would encourage you to open up God's word and then pray and ask God to show you how you can nudge people and woo people towards the cross and towards reading God's word so that the things of this world, as I said earlier, grow strangely dim as we look forward to eternity, you know, because eternity is forever and ever and ever and ever. It never ends. I know we can't even fathom it because we live within time, but the reality is, is that one day, um, the Bible says in Philippians, one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. And, um, 
that means a believer and an unbeliever, you know, and I weep for those who don't know the love of God. The love of God is the most amazing treasure that any human can find anybody, you know, so don't give up hope. And I also want to encourage you, if you have a loved one who has not yet come to faith in Christ, then I want to do, I want to ask you to do two things for me. I want to ask you to email me their name um, and tell me a little bit about them. And you can do that through our website. Or if you know me on social media, send me a private message anywhere on my social media. I'll get it. Because I want to begin praying for your loved one who doesn't know the Lord. Um, I happen to have a couple myself. And um, and I think we really need to begin to pray and, you know, ask Jesus, ask the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit to bring these lost loved ones to himself, right? That's so important because we don't want our loved ones going to hell. We just don't. At least I don't. I don't know. Maybe you do. Maybe you hate somebody enough to want them to go to hell. And if that's the case, then you need a heart adjustment, right? So that's that's the first thing I want you to do is, is um, think about who that person is and email it to me so I can pray for you and pray for that loved one. And then the second thing is, I want you to really consider um, finding somebody else that you can bring along on your walk with the Lord. You know, whether it's encouraging them to get in the word every day, or, you know, praying with them every day, or, or just say, hey, we're, you know, what's God teaching you? You know, don't walk alone. Don't walk in your relationship with God alone. You know, I know you feel sometimes like, you know, Christians are untrustworthy. They're nothing but a bunch of hypocrites. And if you read trash like the Christian Post and other websites out there, all you're going to do is see the garbage out there uh, that's basically flung all over the church's name. That is not who Jesus is. And so you need to turn your eyes back on Jesus himself. Don't let the world and even the Christian media world deceive you and get you like, you know, off course where your eyes are supposed to be. That's why I asked you, what are you looking at? Are you looking at all the crap in the world and even in the church? Or are you looking at the word of God and trying to fix your eyes on him who's the author and the perfecter of your faith? Jesus left in his word these wonderful words he said for the joy set before him he endured the cross right yeah he did jesus endured the cross ultimately so that we could get entrance into heaven by accepting the free gift that he gave he was the holy perfect sacrifice for our sin we can't pay our own sin the bible says the wages of sin is death but the free gift of god is eternal life through christ jesus and we have that, and that's good news, and that's good news that we need to be sharing with people. So, all right, so are you with me on that? So let's let's go ahead and let's get that focus right, and let's drag some people to heaven with us, all right? Just a thought. All right, so let's get back to this article here about, about um, can science cure death? It sure looks like it, okay? So the first thing you need to know about this article is that um, this is not a Christian magazine. <laughs> and, you know, you got to ask yourself, why 
does science want to cure death? Right? Okay, so so they're acknowledging that death exists, right? And believe it or not, there are some people out there who like to deny death exists. It's kind of like kind of dumb, in, in my opinion, how they can do that. But but why, why do you think there's a fascination with the science world uh, with the idea of, of curing death, right? Well, you know, basically what this article talks about I'm going to read you the first paragraph. It'll give you a little bit of an idea. It says here, uh, Nick uh, Sarev is 25 years old. Yeah, he is. Uh, far too young, it would seem, to be thinking about death. And yet, since he turned 21, he has taken steps to prevent the infirmities of old age. Every day, he takes 2,000 um, milligrams. I guess that's what that is. Of fish oil. And 4,000 IUs of vitamin D to help prevent uh, heart disease and other ailments. He steams or pressure cooks most of his meals because he says charring meats creates chemicals that may increase the risk of cancer. And in the winter, he keeps the humidity of his home at 35% because dry air chaps his skin and makes him cough, both of which he considers manifestations of chronic inflammation, which which may be bad for longevity. Okay, so as I'm reading this, the first thing I did was laugh when I read that. <laughs> I thought, I'm just being honest. I read that and I started to laugh. I'm laughing at this and I'm like, oh my gosh. You know, here's a, a 25-year-old obsessed with dying, um, but he's doing, quote, all the right things, you know, in the hopes to create longer life for himself. And the, the, the thing that cracked me up about this isn't so much that what he's doing is bad or stupid, but I thought to myself, this guy could step off a curb and get run over by a bus. You know, uh, there, there are a lot of healthy people who die, right? You're like, well, how is that possible? Have you ever heard of a car accident, an airplane crash, just freak accidents? I mean, just weird stuff happens to people. You know, I had uh, my former next door neighbor, her son was killed in an automobile accident. He was like 20 years old or something. He was in health. He was healthy, completely healthy condition. And yet he got killed. So, you know, uh, people who are in war, you know, they're on the battlefield. They might get killed. They're perfectly healthy individuals. And yet somehow they die. So you can't evade death, right, by, by taking vitamin D uh, and all this other stuff. But the interesting thing about this article is it goes on to talk about, um, um, about the idea of how to extend life. And it goes on here. It says here, one commonality among people who advocate for longer human lifespans is an intolerance of death, even as a concept. Many proponents of super longevity or longevity rather remember the moment they first learned that a fam family member would die and will tell you their refusal to accept it has led to a lifetime searching for a solution. Whereas many of us hoard money, amass achievements, or have children in search of surrogate immortality, longevity enthusiasts are determined to bring about the real thing whatever it takes. James Stroll, for example, considers himself a warrior against a deathist, deathist, so that's death, I-S-T, deathist 
paradigm. At 72, he doesn't have Nick, uh, whatever his name's, luxury of time to wait for science to solve aging. Instead, he was trying to bring about the solution himself after a career in real estate investing. Uh, uh, Stroll confounded People Unlimited, or co-founded rather, People Unlimited, a community to inspire people to live infinite lifespans. In 1995, then added the nonprofit Coalition for Radical Extension in 2016. A major goal of both organizations is to introduce the public to anti-aging development so that when innovations come, they can be integrated into society as naturally as possible. CRLE, that's his Radical Life Extension uh, thing, now hosts an annual scientific conference and festival called RADFest, which stands for Revolution Against Aging and Death. Uh, Stroll calls it Woodstock for Radical Life Extension. And I'm like, huh. You know, it's kind of interesting that, you know, a guy would be, you know, scared of dying if they don't have any hope. You know, they don't know where they're going or they don't believe in hell. And yet there's something in them that probably does believe in hell. And yet at the same time, this article goes on to talk about this guy, David Sinclair. Listen to what he said. He says, this is, he's a PhD. He says, uh, David Sinclair, PhD, doesn't think any earthling is going to live forever in the next 500 years, which is bad news for the immorality or Im immortality, rather, <laughs> ch chasers, because David Sinclair is the guy in longevity, is, is the guy in longevity, an impish Australian 52-year-old, so he's my age, uh, he runs sister genetics labs at Hartford and the University of New South Wales in Sydney has pu published dozens of articles and publications as prestigious as nature and science and was named one of the Time Magazine's top 50 people in the healthcare in 2018. Sinclair believes we will solve aging, but living forever is an ambitious project. And while Sinclair does not believe there is an upper limit on human lifespan, he is realistic about how quickly we can push the current average. It's still not clear how exactly to tweak the knobs of longevity to increase our lifespan far past current levels, but Sinclair at least has an idea about which knobs are most important. His most substantial contribution to longevity is what he calls the first real unified theory of aging, a single mechanism he believes explains various types of cellular dysfunction, those hallmarks of aging we mentioned earlier. Sinclair says getting old is a problem of information loss, a dysfunction in the way DNA is read and implemented in cells. He's basically putting all his money on the epigenome, a flexible DNA interpreter that turns genes on and off based on environmental conditions. So there you go. I mean, there's more to this, but I do find it fascinating that this guy here, same age as me, I know I look totally younger than he does. You do. Yeah, I do. Anyway, <laughs> is, is, you know, they're, they're on this, this search for longevity, and yet the Bible, all they got to do is read it, and they can see the wages of death is sin, you know. Uh, did I say that right? No, but we knew what you meant.
The wages of death is sin. That's not right. No. The wages of sin is death. The wages... <laughs> yes, the wages of sin is death. Uh, see, it's my aging brain. Anyway, um, and, and anyway, the point is, is that the answer to this question is found in the word of God, not science. Okay? And, I, and, and God gave man the ability to to do science so science isn't of the devil but i do find it fascinating that when somebody is so and i mean this literally hell-bent on trying to avoid death it could be because they intuitively know they're going to hell because they're rejecting their very creator which is a sad thing to think about i don't know bareface what do you think what do you what do you think about the fact that this is in popular mechanics as a as an article well, looking at the other articles that are in Popular Mechanics lately, uh, it's it's a departure from what it traditionally has been. Say, you know, 50 years ago, uh, that was about mechanics and things, you know, popular mechanics with the people, you know, could grasp and, and experiment with and things like that. DIY stuff it used to have in it, but now it's... Yeah, this latest issue, the other cover was about conspiracies and that sort of stuff. And Yeah, I talked about that last time. Yeah, and <laughs> it's just like a different magazine. But anyway, you know, we've covered the whole 2045 initiative and and they're way off on that. Uh, here it is, 2021, and they're no, you know, we're supposed to have the, uh, have have already transplanted a brain into a, into a uh, some sort of uh, sort of I'm looking for android kind of thing, you know, a robotic person. That's hasn't happened at all. I mean, I think barely. We think we understand the brain, and then something will come out of the you know out of the blue to uh, let uh, physicians and physiologists and scientists and physicists and everybody else. Uh, no, that we really don't understand what's going on. We've mapped the human genome, and we think we know a lot. But <laughs> anyway, but the whole this whole you know trying to beat death. I mean, that's I mean, we can go back to stories of the Fountain of Youth and whatever. Right. People, you know, it's because they fear uh, a Christless eternity, a godless eternity. I mean, if if you know for certain where you're headed and that this this life is but a vapor and you're headed to an eternal life and glory there's there's no impetus to you know stall it and delay it and trying to but if these folks got their way you know uh got their you know the whole 2045 with a with the uh, digital avatar that there's not even physical people. Uh, I mean, what's what's with that? You know, what what kind of what kind of life is that? And okay, let's say we can everybody lives forever. Then the you know we think oh people screaming about overpopulation now. You know if, if nobody dies except for you know war or accidents then. You know, population is going to be a real problem then. Well, that's what we do. We just keep from reproducing. We, you know, drugs or whatever and stop. Anyway, uh, you know, people trying to beat death are just making things more complicated. And th th it's never going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's appointed unto man once to die 
and then comes the judgment. Yes. And yeah. And everybody will discover that. You can say, well, that's some ancient old book and whatever, but um, it's an ancient old book with divine fingerprints all over that continues to transform lives and nations. So there's something to it. Anyway. Nice. That's my 35 cents. Good. Back to you. Well, you know, that is that. So, okay, so now you know if you want to buy Popular Mechanics magazine. It, it is very interesting, especially... Um, you know, it, it just is. It's an interesting magazine. I think I'm going to keep getting it. Um, but now let's turn to some other news of the week. Uh, how many of you heard that President Trump has decided to sue Facebook and Twitter? Um, I, I found this out earlier this week and I, I started to laugh when I heard about it because <laughs> I thought, Really? And who's to say that once this gets to court, the judges aren't going to be paid off to ignore Trump or anything else? Call me a cynic, but I, uh, I just, I, that's kind of what I thought. So let's just read the article here over on CNS News. It says here, former President Trump, who some would actually really say is still legitimately should be our president because of how the election was stolen, um, Clearly, that there's so much evidence to that effect, but whatever. Anyway, uh, anyway, former President Trump is reportedly planning to sue the CEOs of Twitter and Facebook after the platforms took action to suspend and ban his accounts over posts he made in response to the January 6th riot at the Capitol. The former president plans to announce a class action lawsuit on Wednesday against Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg and Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey. Uh, Axios reported Wednesday citing unnamed sources. Ah, Why does my nose always itch when I'm on screen? Anyway, Trump is scheduled on Wednesday to make an announcement about efforts to protect Americans' First Amendment rights at 11 a.m. A spokesperson for Trump did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Twitter permanently banned Trump's account while Facebook has suspended the account but left open the possibility of restoring it in 2023 uh, if it's no longer deemed a, quote, risk to public safety. Without access to his accounts, the former president has had a more limited public platform. In May, Trump launched a website to share a blog post to communicate with his supporters, but the blog was short-lived, shutting down less than a month after it launched. Trump's legal effort against the tech CEOs will be supported by the America First Policy Institute, a nonprofit that is focused on promoting the former president's policies. Trump's lawsuit would be the latest GOP effort to limit tech companies, ouch, from being able to enforce their policies against politicians. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, I guess that's how you say it, signed a bill into law that would have fined companies for kicking politicians off their platforms, but a federal judge last month blocked the law from going into effect. Gotta ask yourself why. (laughs) Tech industry groups sued DeSantis over the law, arguing it violates First Amendment and freedom of speech. A similar bill in Texas passed the state Senate, but has not made it through the House, the state House. Now, I don't, you know, for whatever you think about Donald Trump, just throw that out the the window, right? You don't have to worry about what you actually think. 
what's chilling about this is that you had the leader of the free world banned from being able to express his free speech. You know, this is not the behavior of a free country, right? No. If, if President Trump had said anything worthy of that, it would be one thing. Uh, but he didn't, right? He said stuff people didn't like. Uh, but he didn't say stuff worthy of being banned. You know, there are perverts, in the truest sense of the word, all over Facebook and Twitter, uh, who should be banned, and they haven't been. My Stacey Harp account on Twitter was completely deleted. I had like 20,000 followers following me, and all of a sudden, boom, my account is gone. And I'm like, what the heck? I contact Twitter, and they're like, nothing. It crickets, right? I know a lot of people have jumped off these platforms because it's pointless to be on them because they're being banned. I have numerous friends that are constantly banned on Facebook. Our show is banned on Facebook all the time. Um, it, it's limited. People can't see it. I have almost 4,000 followers on Facebook. When I post about my show, maybe 10 see it. They they hide my show when I put music in it that is actually royalty-free. <laughs> they completely hide it. I mean, I'm like, seriously? Like, what the heck? So, you know, there really is no free speech anymore when, you, when it comes to these platforms. They are banning people. Uh, and the fact that they've done it to the president of the United States, I'm, I'm happy Donald Trump is going to go ahead and, and sue, but I, I personally think it's it's pointless because I think that the judges or whoever this thing gets thrown in front of, it, it, they're going to be paid off, threatened, or whatever. That's my opinion. I don't know what you think, Randall. Well, it's uh, it's one thing if the if the platforms are privately owned, but as far as I know... Twitter and Facebook, anyway, are publicly owned. They they have shareholders and they're traded on the stock market. You know, the, yes, it's, they are. It's, I sold my Twitter stock. Actually, it's a public company. Therefore, they are accountable uh, to the shareholders primarily, and it's really up to the shareholders to raise a stink if if. Uh, you know, they're not operating as the shareholders want them. Of course, I imagine probably the major shareholders are mutual funds and things like that. Uh, but still, I, I think if... that, Yeah, I don't think they should be able to... And it's, it's pretty... <laughs> you got to have a lot of chutzpah to... To ban the president of the United States, he was the sitting president, and right. Um, that's, I mean, Twitter was not Donald Trump's friend. Uh, still, I mean, as far as I mean, he, I don't think his use of it helped him at all. But certainly, uh, certainly, as far as a public, you know, danger or anything like that, or a threat to public safety, or like you say, these these pedophiles and perverts not looking all day long they're not a they're not a threat to 
right. public safety, and you know they get a free pass. So, um, yeah, power, power to, power to the Donald. Uh, but I think it's time for the the shareholders of those companies if they don't like what's going on for them to speak up. Uh, yeah. By you know. You know, though, I have to say that I'm still not 100% sure Donald is really on our side anyway. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah. I, I can't help but wonder if he is kind of that, that puppet over there, and he's still part of the elite behind the scenes. Sure, just and, just to keep division going, people yeah. distracted, the all three yeah. circus rings going, wow. Right. I I don't know. I mean, it looks good, but at the same time... Ronald Reagan said, trust but verify. And so, yeah, I, I just, yeah. And, and by the way, you can't put your trust in government or man. Um, but that's why I was saying earlier, get in the word of God. Make your focus the word of God. In fact, let me just yell at you right now. I'm going to yell at you. Okay, hold on a minute. <laughs> hold on, I got to get my yelling voice, Okay. All right, stop watching the news, okay? Stop it. Stop watching the news and get all upset about what the stupid liberal media is telling you. Stop it, okay? Knock it off. Stop it. Stop getting all upset about what the heck is going on out there. I'm just going to tell you because it's wasting your time. You cannot control it, okay? But what you can do is you can control your time with God's word, <laughs> And for now, you still have freedom to share the word of God in our country for now, right? All right. Speaking of that, let's look at Canada, okay? So there's an article over on Prophecy News Watch titled, Canada is a forewarning of what is coming next to America. Now, if you watched me any long, any length of time, you already know this, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this and remind you. Um, okay, so here it is. In some respects, Canada has been a step ahead of America in terms of moral and cultural decline. That means that what happens in Canada today, and I mean what happens the most in the negative sense, could well be coming to America tomorrow. Of course, in other respects, America is far ahead of Canada in terms of serious moral issues. Just consider the difference in gun violence between our nations or ask yourself, who is the world leader in exporting and providing porn, Canada or America? Well, duh, hello. Yeah, when it comes to government overreach or attacks on fundamental liberties or hostility towards the church, Canada's dissent has been more frightening. We do well to pay attention to what's taking place to our north. For example, Canada legalized same-sex marriage in 2005, a decade before the Supreme Court's uh, Oberfell decision, without which the states would have been battling over the issue for years to come. Not surprisingly, Canada was also well ahead of America in terms of prosecuting Christians who, pay, uh, who oppose gay activism and propaganda. To give one case in point, already in 2006, a Canadian past, uh, professor was fined two weeks' pay by Nova Scotia University for telling a student that homosexuality is an unnatural lifestyle. Cape Breton University 
uh, find veteran history professor David Mullen $2,100 in response to two human rights complaints filed by a homosexual student who coordinates the campus's sexual diversity office. The student took umbrage at two letters the professor had written to his former Anglican bishop two years ago. Canada has also been ahead of the U.S. in passing national legislation that would punish those who refuse to comply with transgender activism, such as choosing not to refer to a male as a female if that person identified as such. Now, according to Tyler O'Neill on PJ Media, a new bill, Bill C-36, would enable citizens to bring legal claims against people who engage in, quote, hate speech online. And if a member or panel of the Canadian Human Rights Tribunal finds the accused guilty, the tribunal can either order the accused to cease the discriminatory, discriminatory practice and take steps to prevent it from happening again, order the accused to pay compensation up to $20,000 to any victim personally identified in the communication that constituted the discriminatory practice, or order the accused to pay a penalty of not more than $50,000 to the receiver general if the tribunal considers it appropriate considering the nature, circumstances, extent, and gravity of the discriminatory practice. And what exactly would be defined as hate speech, especially if it simply needs to be hateful in the eye of the beholder, right? That's where this gets sticky. O'Neill rightly warns claims about hate speech are arguably even more slippery than claims about discrimination, and it seems extremely likely that Canada's government will use this law to silence dissent from the government's preferred ideologies from transgender orthodoxy to COVID-19. Is there any reason that this could not become the law of the land in America too? Then there is the overtly hostility towards churches to the point of saying publicly, burn them all down. As I mentioned, for years, Christians in Canada have been prosecuted for opposing gay activism with the noose getting tighter by the year. In more recent months, pastors who refused to comply with the government's COVID-related overreach have served time in jail, producing more national hostility to these allegedly lawless Christians who are supposedly endangering their fellow Canadians. Just last month, as reported by the Christian Post, a Canadian pastor was arrested after his church held an outdoor worship service at an undisclosed location after the local government ordered the church building to be closed. Yes, the congregation was reportedly discovered by a police helicopter as they met outdoors, meaning that they were not violating COVID guidelines for indoor meetings. Can you imagine holding an outdoor service to worship Jesus together only to look up and see a police helicopter overhead? You have been found out. You are guilty. We found you. The next day, the pastor was arrested. This really happened. But it gets worse. As reports have been emerging about unmarked graves being found at residential schools on First Nations reserves, roughly the equivalent of Native American reservations, church buildings are being set on fire since these schools, which began in the 1800s, were normally church-led. The discovery of these graves has prompted a national outcry as if hundreds of children were killed or allowed to die by these schools. And certainly there should be thorough investigations to find out exactly what happened. 
There could be totally innocent answers, such as children dying of various diseases over the years with the markers eroding over time, or there could be totally nefarious answers. Either way, there needs to be answers. Others, however, are not waiting for answers, uh, with radio host Nesta Matthews tweeting, burn the churches down, arrest any former staff that were actually there and any current staff that won't provide documentation, sell everything they own in Canada and give it to the survivors, dismantle it completely. Or as expressed by Harsha Walia, executive director of the British Columbia Civil Liberties Association, burn it all down. Yes, these sentiments are being expressly openly and boldly. America be forewarned. With the growing hostility in our country toward Christians and with attacks on church buildings during last year's riots, this does not seem so far-fetched. Okay? And I will tell you, because I did write the Voice of the Martyrs persecution blog for eight years, every day I wrote three stories about Christian persecution five days a week. So, you know, we're looking at 15 articles a week I wrote about Christian persecution. I'm going to tell you something. This is how it starts, right? Christians in America are asleep, okay? Most of them are asleep. You, you're, most Christians in this country are in la-la land when it comes to understanding what freedom we currently have and how easily it can be taken. Um, you know, we have brothers and sisters in North Korea, China, Nigeria, um, all over the, the, the world who daily die, who are starved, who are tortured, who are raped, who are beaten, who have, who, who in many cases watch their kids and their families raped and killed before them. Um, you know, and these are the same people who follow the Jesus of the word of God that I read, right? America is not immune to this. You know, and yet America is, is just like, like we're lulled, like for whatever. We have, you know, these pastors who they're, they're hirelings. They're, they're not shepherds, they're hirelings. Um, and they will burn in hell uh, if they don't repent. I will tell you that right now. But you know what? Look, the gospel is not for the weary or the faint hearted. The gospel of scripture, uh, the Bible says that we are to pick up our cross daily and follow him. And that, you know, those who desire to live, those who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. If you're living for Christ, you're going to be persecuted in some form. That persecution, when it begins to come down from the government towards us, you better watch. And you better armor up. And that's why I'm going to tell you again, I've told this, I've said this countless times memorize God's word you know hey maybe our Bibles won't be confiscated today tomorrow maybe even in 10 15 years they won't be confiscated but I'll tell you what there could be a day maybe our generation won't see it but maybe your grandkids generation will you know there, there will come a time when God's word will be banned I guarantee it because it's already happened all over the world you know um, and what I'm going to tell you is the more you know God's word, the more you have it hidden in your heart, the more that it gets into you, the more bold you're going to be in your faith and you're going to be willing to die for the Lord. And you know what? Some of you, some of us may be called to that. 
You know, the more I study the book of Revelation, because I've been teaching it for the past year, and the more I look at the full counsel of scripture and I look at prophecy and the things that are coming, we're there. I mean, seriously, we are here. We have a current administration that hates Israel, okay? And you need to be looking at Israel and what's going on over there. And I, we haven't talked a lot about that. But what I'm telling you is that at some point, the whole world is going to turn against Israel. America is not immune to that. The rapture of the church can happen at any second. And I will tell you, for those who are going to be left behind, it is going to be <laughs> close to as hell on earth as you can get. Uh, for those people, you know, I, I, I sincerely pity any believer that comes to Christ during that time period, because they are going to go through unbelievable uh, hell, basically, in order to get to heaven, right? I mean, uh, I've been studying the end of Revelation, and it's not pretty, okay? And what I know is that God's word is true, God doesn't lie. So what already has been fulfilled in Bible prophecy, the rest will be fulfilled to a T, right? And so I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you this again. I'm going to tell you it in love. Get out the word of God. Memorize it. Go to BibleMemory.com. Set up an account and start memorizing God's word because you do not know when you're not going to have that word. And here's the other thing. Let me tell you one other thing. I'm just going to say this too. And I mean this in the nicest way possible. And that's this. If you're one of these people that sits and whines and you're like, well, I can't memorize anything. You know, it's too hard. I'm old. I can't memorize it because I'm, you know, I'm old. I have an old brain, blah, blah, whatever. You know what I would say to you? Get a, I, I would tell you, you're full of baloney. <laughs> okay. You can do whatever you want to do. This is one thing my mom told me. You can always do whatever you put your mind to, right? You know, if somebody was going to pay you $100 per verse of scripture you memorized, would you not get off your butt and try to memorize it? Yeah, you would. You would totally, you'd be like, oh yeah, all right, I'm going to memorize five verses today because I'm going to get 500 bucks, right? Right? Okay. So what that tells you is that if you're motivated by money to memorize God's word, then you're motivated by the wrong thing, Okay. So you need to knock that off and you need to memorize God's word and get it hidden in your heart because you love God. And here's the thing. If you don't love God, then repent. Repent of that and then ask God to help you love him more and give you a hunger and a desire for his word so that you can then hide his word in your heart and that will change you. I am telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth, right? And I know a lot of people don't want to hear the truth, but that is the truth, right? It's a discipline. It's a command of God's word that we're supposed to meditate on his word day and night, right? And I guarantee you that if you do that, you're going to have boldness and confidence like you cannot imagine. And then here's the other thing I'm going to say, and then I'm going to get to my last article and then we're going to end this show. The other thing I want to say is that you need to take advantage of the package that God gave you, 
right? Hey, I'm 52 years old. I know I'm starting to look older. I probably look a lot older to people 20 years younger than me. And you know what? I'm just going to be bold. Hey, if I'm a middle-aged woman in the South, do you think I'm going to get away with talking about Jesus as much as possible? What are people going to say to me? Well, you Southern middle-aged woman, I'll be like, yeah, yeah, hey, I've lived longer than you. And what I'm going to tell you is that you need to read the word of God. Because in the end, that's where all the answers are. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Thank you for calling me that. I appreciate it. You know, hey, you know, if I didn't care about you, I wouldn't open up God's word. And I'm going to tell you something. When I was 14 years old, I was not raised in the church. I didn't have that blessing. I didn't get Christian parents. I got crappy parents. Okay. I got a narcissistic, abusive mother. I got a drunk for a father at one point. I got you know, crappily abused through my whole childhood. I didn't have the sweet, great biblical upbringing that I would have preferred. And I'll tell you what, my life was a spiral down to destruction until my friend Gail came into my life and shared the gospel with me. The gospel changed my life. And how did it change my life? Because I read the Bible. I opened it up. I started reading it. I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. This is the most amazing book on the planet. And, and I knew that before I even knew anything really about it. So what I'm telling you is study it. Study God's word. Get into it. If you don't understand the history of it, begin to look it up. It's amazing. You know, the Bible, people died to get the Bible into your hands, right? I mean, people died to get it translated into English so that you could read it. Martyrs, so many martyrs. You know the word martyr? It means witness, Right? Uh, a witness is somebody who witnesses, you know, the goodness of God. Get into the word. Get it into your heart and don't neglect it. Don't neglect your salvation and be thankful for it. If you're somebody who is saved, you better thank God for your salvation. <laughs> you know, I mean, you're blessed. And there's so many people out there who need what you know, right? And the devil doesn't want you to tell anybody. That's why you're distracted by all this other stuff. So stop that and get your word back. Get your nose back in the word. Get it in your heart. Your heart. Get obsessed if you have to, uh, like the psalmist in Psalm 119. All right. Okay. Enough of the preaching at you about that. I'm just telling you. <sighs> I got to take a breath. Okay. All right. I'll tell you what. When I die, if I'm if I die before all of you, Hopefully you'll remember this. Hopefully you'll remember that this was what my life was about, was yelling at you to get you into the word of God. If there's one thing I want to be remembered for, that's it. All right. All right. That and great hair. Okay. All right. So this, this last article is disgusting. It says here, statue of Jesus draped with sign that says, God bless abortions. I mean, this is disgusting or what? It says here, a statue of Jesus Christ in Eureka Springs, Arkansas was draped overnight with a sign that says, God bless abortions. KNWA, a local Fox affiliate, published a story about the incident. A group of activists artists is claiming responsibility for a banner strung across the Christ of the Ozarks mon monument in Eureka Springs overnight on Friday. Guerrilla Art Collective in decline said in a press release that it is responsible for a God bless abortions banner hanging across the 67 foot statue of Jesus located atop Magnetic Mountain. 
The group calls the banner a piece of protest art in direct response to the dramatic attempts being made in Arkansas and throughout the South to ban abortion services to women in need. In decline, says it was smuggled onto the mountain by a small team disguised as a construction crew and strung up before sunrise on Friday. On its own website, the group also offers t-shirts that say, God bless abortions. In a FAQ section of its website, the group says, In Decline is an American activist collective founded in 2001. It's comprised of graffiti writers, filmmakers, photographers, and full-time rebels and activists. In Decline focuses on social, ecological, and economical injustices carried out by American and international governments, corporations, and law enforcement agencies. In Decline is not an anarchist group, really. <laughs> the heart is deceitfully wicked above all else. Who can know it? This is straight from the pit of hell, okay? First of all, God will never bless any abortion because he condemns the murder of innocent blood. Um, just so you know, God says in his word, Thus saith the Lord my God, says in Psalm 139, that God fearfully and wonderfully made you. He knit you together in your mother's womb. Wonderful are your works. He knows them full well. Um, God condemns this. Um, and, and I pity the people who are mocking God and praising the God of, of the devil. Okay. I mean, the devil says he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Abortion is murder. Um, and there's nothing good that comes from it. Just so you know. All right. All right. Well, there you go. That's my update. Also one last update here. Give me one minute. Uh, beginning of the, the hour, I told you that I was watching two baseball games. I know this is super important to you to know who's winning these games, but I told you at the beginning of the hour that I was going to tell you. So uh, right now it looks like New York Yankees are still beating the, the Houston Oilers uh, one to zero. Yes. And the Chicago Cubs are at, let's see here. I'm waiting for the score to show up. Ah, so Saint, so the Cardinals are at 2-0 right now. The Cubby Bears are still losing. Uh, that is your update. They're both in uh, this, about the sixth inning. So there you go. If you're into baseball like me, then now you know. All right. So tomorrow is Sunday. Uh, are you planning a show tomorrow, Bearface? Yes. That's the plan. So Randall will be back tomorrow night with something edifying, hopefully. Uh, me, I will be here as I said earlier, if you tuned in late, if you have a loved one that needs salvation, please email me their name and a little bit about them so I can be praying for them. If you want to partner with us again to help us get some um, much needed updated equipment, uh, please consider a donation over at our nonprofit Heart Tug International at BibleNewsRadio.com. Remember, we here are trying to reach the hearts of people one verse at a time. Yeah, we are. That's why we offer Bible studies, Bible reading accountability, biblical counseling, as well as the show Bible News Radio. If you want to help us with that mission, please do prayerfully consider it, and we will be in touch. So have a good night. We'll talk to you soon. 